Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, it's Jeremy Kalmanowski, and thanks for learning another Daily Daf Differently with me. Today we are learning Tripid Yoma, page Yudtet, or 19, at the bottom of page 18, I would bet we read a Mishnah that, that related that the elders of the court would get the Kohen Gadol ready for the, uh, for the rituals of Yom Kippur. And uh, one of the things that they would say to him is, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Mr. Kohen Gadol, Mr. High Priest, Anu Shluche Din, we are the messengers of the court, Ve'ata Shluchenu V'Shaliach Din. And you are our messenger, you are our emissary, and likewise the messenger of the court. Mashbi'im anu alecha b'mishe shachen shmo b'vayt hazeh. We make you swear an oath by the one whose name lives here in this temple. Shalotishaneh davar mikol mashamarnu lecha. Do not change anything of what we have taught you how to do. Hu poreshu boche. He would turn aside and weep. They would turn aside and weep, each of them weeping because, you know, the Kohen Gadol would weep because they would think so lowly of him that they would have to make him swear this oath, and they would be ashamed likewise for having to participate in that. I want to focus on two aspects of that scene, one that is kind of halakhically interesting and one that is narratively and historically interesting. At the very bottom of page Yud Tet Amud Aleph, the last lines of 19a, and the first lines of 19b, they analyze that story from a halachic standpoint, and I think there's a lot of religious significance in this. Uh, so they had said to him, Mr. Kohen Gadol, you are our messenger. Well, this, this prompts, them, prompts the Talmud to cite a teaching of an Amora, a post-Mishnaic teacher, uh, and challenge, challenge it based upon, change it based upon this, this Mishnah, or let the two things challenge each other down two lines from the bottom, or, or the last word, or three lines from the bottom of the page, Lema Tehave Tiyufta de Rav Huna Bre de Rav Yoshua refutes the teaching of Rav Huna, son of Rav Yoshua, for he said, Hane Kahane Shluche de Rachmana Ninhu, the Kohen, the priests, are the messengers of God, but in, by implication, not of Israel, not of people, De Iamar Shluche Didan Ninhu, for if we were to say that the Kohen, in doing the rituals of Yom Kippur, is the messenger of the people, Mi ika mide da anan lo matsinan lemeavad, didan Is there such a thing which a person, him or herself, is incapable of doing, legally incapable of doing, not physically incapable of doing, yet can appoint a shaliach to do it on, on their behalf? And the, and the shaliach, the messenger, is able to do it uh, even though the original sender of the messenger, the, de- the delegator, is not legally permitted to do it. That's, that's against the, the very principle of shlichut, that a, sh- a shaliach, a shaliach shaladam kamoto, that a person must be regarded as functionally equivalent to the, to the person who sends him or her on an errand. So Rav Huna's position is that 
the Kohanim cannot be working for Israel because Israel, being non-Kohanim, are not eligible to serve in the temple. They must, in fact, be working for God. Uh, the, the, is this Mishnah really a refutation? The Talmud comes along and says, uh, No, hachi ka'am This is what they're really saying to him, the following. Mashbi'im anu alecha al da'atenu ve'al not, not that you are literally our messenger, um, but we are making you swear uh, via this, this teaching that we're teaching you, or our, our view, our message to you, but you are not legally our shaliach, because Rav Hun is right about that. Um, a non-Kohen cannot appoint a Kohen to, to do this act if the non-Kohen, if the czar or non-Kohen is not him or herself eligible. Now, I have to say, on a, on a legal level, this doesn't strike me as such a dispositive point, because uh, it's true that that uh, non-Kohanim make Kohanim shlichim to do all sorts of things, or at least they make them uh, the agents for them the, in, in a non-technical sense. Perhaps they make them agents to do all kinds of korbanot. You could also say that the Kohen is the messenger of all corporate Israel. You could also say, as uh, the Gemara will in Tractate Nedarim, as it takes up the same issue, that they are part uh, emissaries of God and part emissaries of the people. But I think this is a really interesting religious point. What is a religious functionary? Are you working for God or are you working for Israel? And hopefully the answer is a little bit of both. Now the next part that is interesting is that the, that the Beit Din has to give this adjuration. Uh, don't change anything of what we've told you. Obviously they sort of suspect that the Kohen Gadol might, might deviate from what the sages think is appropriate practice. And, and later on here on our page, it will relate that the Tzedukim, Sadducees, or in other versions of this same teaching, Baitusim, the, some other second temple heretical sect, would do something uh, wrong. What they would do is that they would ignite the incense outside the Holy of Holies and then carry it inside, whereas the sages think that you're supposed to light the incense when you're already inside the uh, the the Holy of Holies. Now what's interesting to me about this is, is a couple of notable things. First of all, Rashi on our page cites a Sadducean Midrash, or he cites a Sadducean interpretation of Leviticus 16 that describes the temple ritual, and, and he explains how it is that they're reading the verses. As a matter of fact, this teaching appears in all of the, the various um, Mishnaic era texts it appears in the, the Tarat Kohanim, the Sifra, it appears in the Yerushalmi, and the Tosefta, all of which have a version of this. And what's interesting to me is that they rather fully, and this is where Rashi gets it, the Babli doesn't mention the derivations, but the, the other versions do, and this is Rashi's source, they rather fully explain how the Sadducees, or the Boethians, or whoever the other, the other uh, heretical sects, are reading the Torah, which lets you know that in early rabbinic literature, it was kind of an internal, there were, there were records of internal Jewish disputes. The Sadducees weren't just, you know, wicked, they weren't nonsense people, they actually had their own interpretations, their own, their own interpretive traditions, and that's true also of the later, the later uh, heretical Jewish disputes, like the, 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 uh, the Karaites as well. So it's interesting to me, especially the Tosefta version, uh, explains what the Sadducees are thinking, and as uh, the Gaon Rabbi Shaul Lieberman says, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. They, they have a perfectly reasonable interpretation of Leviticus. Um, our, our passage here in all of these versions, and in the Babli as well, 
is of course very clear though who's right and it's not the Sadducees if they if they may be cogent it doesn't make them right so I'll read you the story and uh, and you can enjoy it for its literary power as well Maasei Batstuki Echad there was a certain Sadducee who was the Kohen Gadol Shehit Kinmi Bachut who lit the lit the incense outside the Holy of Holies Vihichnis and brought it inside and he was very happy when he completed the ritual. Pagabo Aviv, his father ran into him and said, Ooh, uh, Son, yeah, I know we're Sadducees, but do you really have to provoke the Pharisees? We are a little afraid of them, or in the other versions, you know, we do assent to their authority. Amarlo, and he says to the son says to the father after that mild rebuke, all my life, I uh, I wondered about this verse. Ki al from Leviticus 16, for I appear in the cloud before the the cover of the ark. Amarti mataya When will I have the opportunity to fulfill this verse? Achshav lo Now it's my chance. Am I not going to do it? This is the wording from another famous story about Rabbi Akiva's martyrdom, our Bavli passage has borrowed that wording. In the other versions, uh, he, he simply teases his father and says, you, you have a uh, exposition, but you don't have the guts to act on it. I'm acting on this version, and that's why I'm acting on my own Sadducean principles. That's why I'm so terrific. Amru, and the sages said, or the consensus of the story is, Lo hayu yamim muatim ad shemet vehutal be'ashba v'hayu tolaim yotzim me'chotamo it wasn't too many days later that he was thrown on the dung heap, dead, with worms coming out of his nose. Don't violate what the proper understanding of the temple procedure is there, mister. Uh, and there's another version, As he left the Holy of Holies, he was struck down. As Rabbi Chia said, there was like uh, a great noise was heard in the temple precincts. The angel came and smacked him on the back of his head, knocked him over. And the other Kohanim went into the Holy of Holies to get him. And they found the hoof print of, uh, between his shoulder blades on his back. The angels have, are said to have a foot like a, like a bull. So that's what happened. The angels trampled him for having deviated from the proper procedure. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.